This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the 100th episode of the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and as as usual, I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great. It feels good to be 100. <laughs> they, told, they told me my body would start breaking down, like, right around the age of, like, 72, 73. Yeah, yeah. But here we are, 100. I feel good. I feel like I could do maybe, like, 15, 16 more episodes of Always Cheating. Yeah, I feel like podcasts don't die of old age the same way, right? And Mark Maron's on, like, the 750th episode of that podcast, and... It's still it's still going it's still a solid B plus. You know, maybe it's not the A plus it was before, but it's it's right up there. So long as that mid roll Casper mattress money keeps <laughs> flowing, right. That's right. Uh, podcast will will uh, live to see another era. I love it. So we we got to one hundred, Brandon. You know, I don't want to talk too much about about us. We got a cool segment coming up in a minute here, um, where we asked a bunch of uh, fantasy. A bunch of you know people that we've been talking to on on social media or, or just an email or whatever um, for you know one piece of fantasy advice they could pass along is kind of a um, uh, you know just something special to do on our hundredth episode. But you know when we recorded this when we started this podcast three years ago, did you uh, did you think we'd get to a hundred? Did that seem reasonable? Uh, I don't know that I really gave it much thought. Um, usually, you just tell me to do something and I do it. So very persistent. Um, <laughs> you are very persistent. <laughs> I mean, we uh, we mentioned this. Uh, I think maybe it's embedded in some past episodes of Always Cheating, but we actually had a podcast prior to this that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and I think it took us three years to actually generate like thirty episodes of that podcast. Right. So if you were to ask me um, three years ago, Josh, would we make it to one hundred? I'd say. Sure, but it will take us 10 years. <laughs> it's a weird the, – the evolution of podcasts from like about 10 years ago when it was – every podcast was two guys 
most almost always guys just talking about their lives, right? It was like it was like the podcast <laughs> equivalent of like a live journal or something, or yes. you know, yes. blogger. Uh, to now where the only way to have a successful podcast is to be the most micro specific, you know, like the, like, it's like, you can't have a premier league podcast. You have to have a fantasy premier league podcast. You gotta have a lane. Yeah. You gotta have a lane. And also the problem with the two guys thing is at one point our lives just became really, uh, uninteresting. And now (laughs) FPL is really the only interesting thing in our lives. I mean, I know you have a baby and all that. If you're under 30, yeah, wait until you hit 30 and your life gets suddenly like way, like (laughs) it's like 20% is interesting. I I can't explain how it happens. It's just, you just stop having as many adventures. Okay. So anyway, (laughs) then that's our note. (laughs) All right. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about FPL real quick. And then, yeah, we're going to have that special 100 episode, uh, section, like you said, Josh, but, uh, before we talk about our game week 11 review, a quick note from anti Granlund on Twitter, who says this game week has got me wondering once again, is FPL a game of skill with a bit of luck or a game of luck with a bit of skill? I think Game Week 11 was a little trying for some people, especially sure. given Mr. Harry Kane. Yeah, the the Kane thing was frustrating. I mean, that's I guess you have to call that bad luck. I don't know that I don't know that there's a skill-based argument uh involving not captaining Harry Kane this weekend. I mean, I guess there's some sort of like game theory argument that, you know, um that there was an equally viable captain choice this weekend and someone like Mosala and that going with him was a way to um, to be sort of different and, and, and move you know move up um, while everyone kind of jogged in place, which is actually what happened to my team. I ended up with a slight red arrow this game week, um, and I think I'm on uh, I'm on 48 points, um, so I'm still I'm actually uh, still in the top uh, 100k. I think I only dropped like 200 spots. Like amazingly, I went from 91,000 to like ni- to 92,040. So yeah, four point. I think the average is forty four points. Uh, I felt great going into Sunday. Um, I was on twenty eight points, and I still had Captain Kane. Um, what was your transfer this week? Uh, I transferred in Kane uh, for um, for Murata, uh, which was um, you we'll know get to that later. Yeah, exactly. Just a just a. I don't know. I, I don't want to be like I, you know you, you don't want to like get too retroactive about this stuff. And like, if a move doesn't work out, it was a bad move. Like that's a, it's a dangerous way of thinking. I, I don't know that it was necessarily a bad move, but um, I don't think I shored up my weakest link this week. Right. Like what I really needed was a defender. Um, I knew my defense was going to be a problem and it was, I got one point from Davies, the most annoying cameo ever. Uh, <laughs> it didn't really matter because Kolasinic would have come in for one point too. Um, but it was just the fact that I couldn't watch that Arsenal game now kind of rooting for Kolasnik, right? It was just – that one point was just locked into my – Yeah, <laughs> into right, my right. Even, a, even though it seemed assured that Kolasnik wasn't going to get anything sure. out of that city he game. He could have even got – at least had the hope. Exactly. And he came out really dangerous in the first half. And I was like, oh, if he does anything, I'm going to be so annoyed. Yeah. Uh, but, the, I mean, the, yeah, the Davies sub – even if that Davies sub had happened like the 77th minute, it would have been okay. But it was like – it was literally like three minutes of extra time mm-hmm. and in the third minute with 30 seconds to go. Like, I don't even think he, I think he might have touched the ball once. Uh, he so had a throw in, I remember. Throw it, yeah. So maybe he's on one bap or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, do you get BPS for a throw in? Must. It's, it's yeah. a completed pass. So Perfect. you you had a better game week. I mean, you kind of, you had the reverse of me, which is yeah. you had a poor day one and did a very good day two. 
Yeah, absolutely. So my transfer was dropping Ben Davis, the man you were just talking about. I think just all the uncertainty about his playing time and and how that's been an ongoing saga. I figured it was time to dump and brought in my old friend Ben Mee. And he delivered. He was the only player I had on Saturday that delivered, and he got the two bonus uh, for eight points. But yeah, not having Mohamed Salah in my midfield had me really down in the dumps. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a deep hole to climb out of when you're staring at a midfielder who is highly owned and you don't have, and he's got two goals and three bonus under his belt. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, and really could have had more if, uh, if those, everyone was kind of chasing goals at the end of that game. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, for sure. Stop playing like a team the last 20 minutes of that match. But yeah, it all turned around for me uh, on Super Sunday, starting with Kevin De Bruyne, my favorite um, highly priced um, overvalued midfielder got me the goal <laughs> and the bonus and everything that, that I needed to go right did with Richarlson and of course, Calvert Lewin, my favorite player. I didn't, I didn't call you trash last week, Calvert Lewin. I'm going to go back and delete that episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe still trash, but he did, he did finally score a goal. Um, we have to talk about the end of that game though. I mean, so good game week, but do you feel like you lost six points at the end of that game? Cause oh, everywhere Charles yeah. under did, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Calvert Lewin was also, f- uh, flirting with upwards of two bonus toward the end of that game. Weirdly as, as a sub scoring, what would not have been a game winning goal. But he looked like he could have been on two or Charleston on one. Yeah, if if, um, cleverly converts that penalty, it's just a sensational, sensational feat for Charleston. Just to like walk through that real quick. So Charleston already on a goal uh, in the like 11th minute of extra time. uh, He gets uh, he gets fouled in the Mm -hmm. box. Yeah. Immediately picks up the ball and runs to the penalty spot. Right. Like he's like, I'm taking this. Three Watford like players have to like, Kaku or something. <laughs> yeah. Three Watford players have to run over and like hustle away from the ball, and they're like, "Oh, Tom Cleverley's our man." Um, <laughs> but he was floating with bonus points already, um, and so if he had the goal and the assist, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he would have picked up three. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Cleverly, so Cleverly blows it. And as as a non Richarlison owner, that was that like it was like a night. It was like one bright spot in an otherwise very dark. Uh, I mean, it was Sunday wasn't horrible. I got points from Sterling and Jesus, but. Um, yeah, the Richarlison miss really made my day. I have and to say, very, yeah. So from the perspective of a, of a Richarlison owner, yeah, it's super aggravating. Probably, as you say, a six-point hit that you take there as a Richarlison owner. But the fact that Cleverly, his penalty miss was so awful, effectively changed the narrative in my FPL brain from, oh, poor Richarlison to, wow, Tom Cleverly. That is just a laughable, humiliating, real-life <laughs> moment for him. And that's mostly what I'm going to spend my time thinking about is kind of how, how how I pity Tom right. Cleverly, not how I pity myself as a Richarlison. <laughs> yeah, and so I guess to go back to to, to wrap up on Andy Grillen's question, um, the fact that there was an 11th minute of extra time to be played um, the fact that a player won a penalty and that another player missed that penalty, um, you have to call that luck, right? That's not skill. <laughs> there, so there is, yeah, there is, whether, I, I don't think it's all luck with a little bit of skill. I don't think it's, I certainly don't think it's all skill with a little bit of luck. I think that, I think they're pretty, they, they're, they're close together. It's like, it's somewhere in between poker and blackjack. 
You know, it's like a little, I mean, do you, do you think that, I don't know. I mean, there are certain managers who are just consistently in the top 10K or top, yep. you know, I don't know, very, but very few, right? I mean, and even the best managers have a howler and um, so I don't know. I think um, we're going to get into this with the uh, 100th yeah. uh, episode celebration because we've got a feedback from our, our good friends on social who have sort of many different angles to look at it, whether it's down to probability, whether it's down to eye test, whether it's down to having fun. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's an answer for that. And it just kind of depends on how it is you want to play the game. Yep, I, I agree. I agree. Um, but, you know, exactly. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into this in a minute. Before we do, Brandon, the always cheating Super League. Every now and then I like to attempt to read off the top 10 myself. Uh, despite my inability to pronounce even basic words like premiere. Um, that was pretty good. I like I liked your pronunciation there. That was pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I get in my head about it because in, in the UK, in the US, we say premiere. And over there, I think they say premiere, right? So it's so it's some, so some parts of uh, Michigan here in the States, we say premiere. Premiere. <laughs> so who knows how to say it? And also, it doesn't matter. Into the top 10 we go, Brandon. Number 10, it doesn't matter. Uh, Karen Henshin, uh, 51 points, 678 points total. Uh, in ninth, uh, Emile's Gladagosar, uh, Emile Svensson. Uh, in seventh, there's a two-way tie for seventh, uh, Berbashov, Andre Begstrom, and Beautiful Creatures, Magnus Westerstrand. Uh, in sixth, we have Red Devils, which is uh, Danielle Kalim. Uh, number five is Sala Fingers, Danny McHugh, which I think is a new entry in the top ten. I would have right? remembered Sala Fingers, and I do not. So yeah, welcome, Danny. So. Uh, Nick Tudhope, Football Friend FC. Uh, he's been a sta- staple of the uh, top ten for a while now. Uh, number three, uh, Giant FC, John Eric Matra. Um, I think I mean, that might actually be Glaunt FC, Josh. Oh, is it? Well, I got to... <laughs> I put on those, zoom put in on those my, specs. My Google Drive document. No, I need my bifocals. <laughs> uh, I'm not that old. Uh, number two is uh, our, our Fabio Borges, who um, wrote us a very nice email this week. And I think we'll try to actually bring him up a little bit later. The missing Fabio. Bo- Everyone wanted to know where was Fabio. Yeah. And so Fabio has shown up, uh, sent us an email, talked a lot about avoiding hits. Um, which really, um, I don't know. I don't know if you read this email that you sent us, Brandon, but I thought it was some really great advice. Uh, maybe I'll see if I can reply, repeat some of it with permission on the uh, on the Facebook. Yeah, page you you know how litigious uh, Borges's publisher is. So <laughs> uh, then enter Shakiri Scott Powell, new number one. Uh, congrats to you, Scott. Possibly just a new entrant in the in the league. Yeah, I right? think it's. Uh, I think Scott's a new entrant in the league. I was looking at his enter Shakiri team. Currently ranked overall in the world 131. So, uh, wow. Scott, you are an esteemed company. The League of Leagues, the always cheating yes. the league. Congratulations, Scott. And uh, we welcome welcome all managers, no matter how well they're doing and how far they move <laughs> yeah. us down in our own league. Yeah. Um, you can join the league tab um, on our site at alwayscheating.com. You can also find the league code on our Facebook page and our Twitter page. I, we have a quick shout-out, too, in reference to the Always Cheating League. Uh, one of our friends who occasionally finds himself in the top ten, Harry Atkinson. You remember his team name, A Hootin' and A Hollerin'. I do. I think that, that team name made you chuckle on the pod, Josh. So Harry reached out to us to tell us about the mini-league he runs in Brighton. 
And he wanted us to just give a quick shout out to some of the other managers in his league. Scalacticos. These are all Brighton themed names. I don't know if you can pick up on this. <laughs> Scalacticos. <laughs> yep, also, the Knockhart Breakers and Gross Indecency FC, which is a favorite team name of mine. So uh, we welcome all Brighton people until they always cheat in Super League. Absolutely. Brandon Rants of the Week. Scott Gill says, have a week off, you guys. Deserve it after a disaster match day today. Uh, that only applies to one of the two of us, Brandon. Just a, a quick aside here. Yesterday, you know, on 28 points, I only, I only had four players who played it. Seven players. I, I got more points from four players yesterday than I had from seven today. And I was up about 40,000 in uh, in the overall ranks. I, was, I, was, I think it was at like 55,000. And I was I was starting to dream, Brandon. I was wow. I was starting to think, you know, number if one? Kane has a – not number one, but I was thinking, you know, if Kane has a big day tomorrow, let's say he gets like, you know, 17 points or something like that. Um, and I get something from Jesus and something from Sterling. Um, I was like, and you know, Ben Davies plays. I was like, maybe, maybe the top 10 K by, by December. Um, and now, now those dreams have all been <laughs> I love, how, <laughs> I love how you're over there dreaming about points that you're going to get from Jesus, Sterling and Kane. And, and I'm over in my little hovel thinking, oh, Charleston, Calvert-Lewin. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's I'm a- going to get from them. It's a fun, you know. It's funny. We have not talked about templates very much this season, have we? Not as much as we as we have in years past. It feels like there are a lot of different ways to play. Yeah, right the, now. the template is constantly, constantly changing, much to everyone's frustration. Michael Spalding says, "It's a question for you, Brandon." He says, "What is the most that your vice captain has ever come through for you?" <laughs> uh, I was poised between miracle and disaster during the city game week and ended up okay. I think he had that captain, uh, Jesus. I think he had a screenshot of Jesus. Yeah. Um, vice captain coming through for me. I'm really struggling to remember when I've ever had a vice captain see score big for me. I mean, it, maybe it's happened once in the entire seven years I've been playing FPL. I can't remember either. I feel like I have some vague memory of Gareth Bale like three or four years ago. <laughs> Nothing in the last couple of years. I, I feel like if I had like a real like miracle moment, I would, I would like, I'd bring it up in the podcast like every two game weeks. Yeah. Like I, I can't think of anything. Somebody in our, our uh, cash league actually captained Deli Ali this week and ended up with the vice captaincy on Sala. Definitely worked I was out like in, I, I was like enraged by that. <laughs> that this is, <laughs> not, this is not for like, you, Ben, if you're listening. I'm sure you are. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, not that I uh, – it's not that like, it was his fault or anything. I mean, no one – I don't think anyone knew that Ali was going to be out yeah. for this match. Well, I, so uh, that, that's what I had to say to that is if you're a seasoned manager, you're just so – it's ingrained in you. Put the armband on at least you need a sure starter. I mean, obviously that's right. not going to happen 100% of the time, particularly when you're banking on teams with a lot of rotation like Man City, but – Pretty much every single time your armband lands on somebody that you know is definitely going to start. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the problem is that it's this this season. There are a lot of times when you want to captain city players because they're fixtures, and and at this point we really don't know when they're going to play or if they're going to play at all. Um, and it doesn't even seem like minutes in the previous match is is a factor. Yeah. Right? No. I mean, you know, so um, that has been tricky. I mean, I know that there were some people who captained, um, you know, Jesus and Sterling. Um, you know, two weekends ago, and the idea was, well, at least you know, certainly one <laughs> yeah, of the two of them right, will start. Right. You know, um, so yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a little, it's trickier this year. One, one, one uh, last rant here, Josh. I'll read it yep. out. It's from Great. Luke W on Twitter. If 
if you are ranked over 3 million in the world and can't catch a break, is it time to take a minus 20 point uh, hit to fix the season? Before you answer that question, Josh, about whether it's it's good to take a <laughs> minus 20, uh, Luke says, I want the answer, but I've already done it. So... Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been doing this uh, always cheating uh, advice shop uh, thing on Twitter the last uh, few game weeks, uh, just where I, I sort of pop on. It's usually like at my lunch break at work, uh, <laughs> and I'll sort of say, "Hey, come on, you know, let's, let's chat for a bit." And uh, uh, just invariably got a couple questions about like whether like a minus eight is a good idea or a minus twelve is a good idea. Um, and I, I just, I always say no. I mean, I just, it's so hard for me to envision a scenario where burning, burning four is bad enough, right? Mm-hmm. Burning four puts you in a gigantic hole. Yeah. It really does. It's true. Um, yeah. yeah, especially if you're replacing a player who isn't injured. Um, and I mean, just this game week, right? I mean, burning, you know, I didn't burn four, but, you know, dropping, um, dropping Murata for Kane, you know, when I had defensive problems that I should have shored up instead, um, you know, really ended up costing me because I, I probably would have kept in Salah, yeah. you know, so... Um, so I, I don't think that burning four or well, and certainly not burning 20, 20 is gonna, yeah. Cause there's no, you don't know who you're buying, there, you know? I mean, there's one world in which I would burn 20 and that's a world in which I have no friends. I'm in no mini leagues. I'm just competing with 5 million strangers out there on the FPL site. I would be willing to dig a 20 point hole just if my goal was great overall rank at the end of the season. <laughs> The fact is, if you're for the record, I think Luke W is an active. I think he's active on Reddit and other places, so he's he's got some friends, Brian. Okay, yeah, I wasn't trying to say we anything going, about those. Luke. Are some body blows there. That was that was tough. All right, Brian, let's take a break and let's come back with a hundred years of FPL solitude. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Brandon, we want to do something special for our 100th episode. Uh, someone had suggested that we go back and find uh, three years worth of mispronouncing names, uh, which would have been kind of funny, actually, because I, for one thing, I don't know if we've ever pronounced a name like Deo Mercy Ambacani the same way twice, right? The nope. patron saint of the podcast. From Mo Bacani to M Bacani and everywhere in between. Yeah, we've fallen in love with a lot of players over the years. I mean, we loved M Bacani, uh, still do, of course. I mean, he rest in peace. He's dead now. Uh, we loved uh, Quad Mopoku. Gone too soon. May he rest in peace. Also dead. Yeah, um, goodbye, Poku. And uh, who else did we love? Is there anyone besides those two? Oh, Sam Sam Volks, of course. Who scored this oh, game. the Volkswagen. Oh, yeah, I actually have an axe to grind with Sam Volks after what he did to my Southampton clean sheet this weekend. <laughs> Is that why you didn't tweet it? I, I was waiting for you to. I thought maybe you were too angry about that to tweet it. Okay, I'm gonna, this is stepping all over the toes of our special 100th episode <laughs> celebration, but I, I, I just had a full-on Ryan Bertrand meltdown when that Vokes goal went in, and I couldn't, I couldn't even handle the joy that I usually get from Sam Vokes. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. I, was I still having, love him. Yeah, I was having fun. I was, I, was, I, I was actually solo parenting all weekend, and I was at the first of two bars that I went to with my baby. Uh, well, you sound like a great dad. Yeah, I, I really, yeah. One of the, well, so the first one, we went and ate nachos and watched some soccer. And that was fine because it was like an empty bar. And the second one was a kid's concert at a separate bar. So I think that was fine, you know? <laughs> they weren't even back to what back. We broke it. She got a nap in, in the middle. Only in Brooklyn, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kids concert at a bar. <laughs> yeah. All right. In true always cheating fashion, we've actually had an incredible uh, un-FPL related digression <laughs> in the midst of our our fanfare. Right, right. Um, so, so what are we doing here? 
So for our 100th episode, we want to do something, you know, just a little different, a little special. And so we reached out to people that we've been talking to, whether it's on email, Twitter, you know, in person um, over the last few years. And we asked them for one, if they could pass along one single piece of FBL advice, what would it be? Um, and so we tried to pick people that that if you were active on Twitter or Reddit or whatever that you've probably heard of already, um, we don't want to be too obscure, <laughs> like just like eight friends of ours. Um, so we picked, you know, some, some, like we, we, we got really generous response from just a ton of different people, um, as you're here in just a second here. Um, and then we just reached out to a couple people who, um, maybe don't even have their own platform, but there's someone like Dave from Burnley who has had a question in like basically every episode of the podcast since we started. Sometimes three. <laughs> Sometimes three. Um, so the responses were really great. And I think we're just going to, we're just going to read through them all. You know, these are a lot of these managers are, are you know, like incredible, excellent managers. And um, so I don't think we need to like read off their comment and then comment ourselves on them. We don't need the, <laughs> like uh, the annotated, always cheating version <laughs> of these uh, pieces of advice. Yeah, exactly. If I have any note I want to add or whatever, then then fair enough. Um, but uh, otherwise, we're just going to read through these and. Um, and uh, hopefully they will be useful to you, um, no matter whether you're listening to this now or in the future, or you know maybe we'll like take out this part of the podcast and like release it as a as a separate episode or something like that. Ooh, like a a mobisode. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe we'll put it up a on the webisode. Patreon. Yeah, maybe we'll put it on the Patreon page or something like that. Just like a little twenty minutes of of solid FBL advice. All right. So the first piece of advice comes from our friend FPL Stag. Great follow on Twitter, at FPL Stag. And uh, FPL Stag writes for Roto, Roto World Premier League um, and hails from Cork, Ireland. And yeah. this is what uh, I had the chance to, had. I had the chance to meet him, Brandon, uh, in Game Week 2. And uh, he is just a really awesome guy. And if you are... If you get a chance to meet him, you should because he's he's great and he's really smart and thoughtful and uh, yeah, like you said, a good a good social media follow too. Awesome. All right, Stag says for, this is broken into three discrete pieces of advice. Are you ready, Josh? I'm ready. All right. Point A: Don't make early transfers based on value unless it's for a critically important elite player. Managers are burnt year after year for acting too early. Yeah, uh, probably something you you suffer from more than me because I like. <laughs> like I like refuse to figure out how to like build value in the first few weeks of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, focusing on team value definitely uh, is a way to get burnt time after time. Uh, if if luck isn't on your side, can't even right. do it this year. It's so it's, it's such a mess. Point B from Stag: Twitter is a hive of groupthink. Just because everyone is raving about a player doesn't mean you should get them as a blocking tactic. Realistically, the Twitter sphere and blogs in the English language influence at maximum 250,000 teams weekly in a game of 5 million teams. So uh, that, that's an interesting perspective for me just to step back and suddenly realize, yeah, everyone who listens to podcasts like this one or uh, is really active on Reddit or Twitter, Facebook... They are representative what of what is in the grand scheme of things a pretty small sample. Yeah, size. what is it like? I guess two fifty into five five million is uh, it's you know one twenty fifth of the FPL of, right. of, of Twitter, the Twitter sphere represents you know the the FPL you know group as a whole. Yeah, and uh, last point from Stag advice for FPL managers is read a manager's press conference quotes yourself to judge injury news. That's fifty fifty. 
judge for yourself. This is especially important with Mourinho and Phil Jones, it seems. <laughs> there, are, there are great wrap-ups, particularly of Ben Dinnery on Twitter is, is really good at sort of live-tweeting uh, manager press conferences on Friday or which, whatever day before a game is. He, he is, but I, I think he's talking about going a step further, which is something I'm, I have found myself doing for sure. Um, I remember doing this with Hagazi in game week three or four when I, I still had him in my squad and I was debating whether or not to transfer him out. And I found myself digging through like Midlands, like websites and blogs to try to get like all of the copy I could <laughs> from Tony Pulis's press conference to see if I could gleam anything from it. Um, and you can almost always find the, you know, like every line of, of, of dialogue. And, um, I do, I do think it's useful. I mean, it's obviously, um, it's only for the, the super crazy. For the nerds. Like me. Right. Who's, yeah. who's next in our esteemed list of well-wishers? Uh, Ken Rooney from the Irish Examiner. Uh, if you guys are not reading Ken Rooney's weekly column, you absolutely should. Um, and you can even go back and, and read past ones because, uh, Brandon, as I think you'll agree, the gifts are fantastic. Best gifts around, absolutely, in the FPL community, no doubt. Ken says, don't buy problems. FPL will provide you with them for free. What I mean by that is don't buy players the intention of selling them again two or three weeks later because by then, injury, suspension, and rotation will mean you'll probably have a more important transfer to make and you'll be stuck with that player you really don't want long-term. Uh, think Ineacho last season. Um, yeah, yeah. I had a moment. It was, uh, well, let me, I'll finish his, his line here. Uh, always try to transfer in a player with the hope, uh, however unrealistic that hope may be, that he will be a season keeper. Um, yeah, I've had a couple moments like this. Uh, Saito Berahino was once stuck in my squad for about eight game weeks. <laughs> uh, a cancer. It was like I was running around putting out fires like everywhere in my squad. Uh, and it was like, it's like somehow, like, I was like, the fixtures were just good enough. You know, it was like, sure. like I, I, I couldn't justify just burning four. I was like, ah, oh, like this could work out. It's kind of like you with Calvert Lewin, really, right? I mean, it's kind of yeah, the same. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now we know what the likes of Tony Pulis and Mark Hughes actually feel like <laughs> in real life. Uh, so thank you, Ken. Good advice. Yeah. Yeah, an, another amazing friend of the podcast, and uh, Nick Cummings has this piece of advice for us, and we can't uh, go without saying Nick really helped get Always Cheating to where it is through his blog, uh, Transfer Hub, TriggerLips.com. I think a lot of our listeners know Nick and know that he is just a long-time, yeah. really amazing, successful FPL yeah, manager. Yeah, and the, the, that website just died this week. Bad news. Yeah, Nick did so not die. Like good advice. You can't get it. You can't access it anymore. Yeah, Nick was. Uh, we were talking because he was passing his advice, and he's like, you know, people are treating me like I'm dead. You know, <laughs> it's like he's just, you know, he's just, you know, writing, doing a podcast or a blog or whatever. It does take a lot of work, and you know, unless your heart is, unless you're just, you know, totally nerding out about it, there's just no point in doing it. Yeah. So thanks, thanks, Nick, for all the years of sharing our podcast on your blog. It's it's been a real trip. Yep. Uh, but but Nick leaves us with this great piece of FPL advice. Uh, he says, "My advice would be to not take short term one week punts. I still make this mistake myself and nearly always regret it. The only time I would make an exception would be if that player was a big leader on the week's captain poll." So uh, I, I actually considered bringing in Sala for De Bruyne this week just to um, offset what I thought was going to be a big captaincy option there. Uh, I, I, in the end, kept De Bruyne, and I feel like it came out in the wash. 
Yeah, I think I think so too. I mean, uh, you, considering you picked up eight from me, it clearly worked out worked out fine. It's interesting yeah, though as we that, as we read through these. Um, I mean, Ken Renique's advice and Nick's are actually very similar, um, and uh, I feel like there's like a theme that will start to develop here as we read through these. Um, so uh, Dave Wagner Lodal, who is um, uh, still in first play, we, we, he joined our mini league this season, and he's he's already he's dominating. Yeah, okay, I'm not money. He's taking our money. I'm, I'm within 18 points. I call that striking distance. But uh, Dave, he was also on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, my one piece of advice, I think stolen from Nick Cummings, is to address your weakest link first. Sounds obvious, but it's often hard to resist luxury transfers and punts. So I revert back to this point when tinkering. Yeah, I mean, to go back to what you were saying about Berahino. I mean, maybe you thought there were bigger fires for you to put up, uh, put out, but was Berahino that fire that you should have immediately put out? I think it applies to this week. I think I think bringing in Kane was a was a luxury transfer. Um, I had a perfectly valid captain option in uh, Mo Salah. Um, I had uh, you know a player in Alvar Morata who was playing at home. Um, granted, against a stingy Man United side, but it was still a still a home match. Um, and I had a defense that was guaranteed to get me a couple one pointers. Um, and instead of addressing the defense, I went for the home run with Kane, um, and it really cost me. So um, you know, so I do think it's something that that you know, luxury transfers almost sounds like um, you know. I don't want to spend too long in every single one of these because um, this would be like a three hour podcast. But um, I think this is one that really does make a lot of sense. And I think I, I, maybe it's maybe it just resonates with me because I'm so guilty of this. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm always. I'm a very attack minded, attack minded when it comes to my transfers. I'm. You also love luxury. Move. Yeah, I do love luxury. Um, I'm always looking to move forwards and, and attacking mids, and I, I, you know, I find myself with with defensive problems and bench problems that I just don't address for ten or fifteen weeks at a time, and it, it seems like it always comes back to haunt me. And I, this is a personality thing, I guess. Right? Would you and, say you're goal obsessed? Are you no. hungry for goals? Uh, maybe I, I'm obsessed with with big breakout performances, right? I'm obsessed with bringing in players who could give me double figures, um, and that's that's something I think about all the time when I'm making transfers. Could this person net me ten or more points this game week? Yeah, um, and and that's almost never the case with the defender, right? So, um, but with 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 the right midfielder, it, you know, certainly any of these Man City midfielders, with a lot of the forwards. Um, that thought is there, you know, and so it's hard to resist. And that's why it's even hard for me to have a, you know, like a cheap third striker because I just don't see the potential for a big payoff there. Um, yeah. But I think it's, a, I th- actually think it's a, it's a kind of like, it's like a, it's a flaw in my thinking that I, I think I probably need to like work on. All right. Thanks for that advice, Dave. You're the best. You're truly the best. Uh, next, next piece of wisdom comes from Peter Blake who had an amazing episode on our Patreon page, a, a Patreon-exclusive episode that uh, some of our best listeners uh, got access to. There's also a teaser of that somewhere on our SoundCloud page. Peter Blake, you know him from his great blog, mathematicallysafe.wordpress.com. He is a data miner, uh, and he, he just loves looking at the numbers, and he makes great FPL decisions uh, based on rational thinking, which is something... I cannot relate to in, in the slightest <laughs> bit. So uh, check Peter out at mathsafe underscore FPL on Twitter. Peter says, 
I'd say the thing to remember most of all is that FPL is about probability. Over the long run, the sensible decisions will pay off more often, and the punts will fail more often. In the long run, obvious choices will benefit your rank more. So I just I just love Peter's cold, composed take on the game. It's so true, too. And the the best managers think this way. Um, this is why, you know, we talked about Nick Cummings earlier, but, you know, one of the, one of the reasons he's done so well is, you know, it's, I guess it's not, I'm, I'm thinking more about like captains here than, than transfers, but, um, actually I, I guess that's the same thing. I mean, you know, we say he's talking about, um, decisions that includes captain decisions as well. Um, but Nick will invariably captains the most, um, the overall leader in, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the poll on his own site or the poll on the, um, fantasy football scout page. Um, just with the idea that 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 like sort of the obvious mitigate. captain choice tends to be the best captain choice. Sure, sure. Not necessarily mitigating risk, but that's uh, if I'm on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and I pull the audience, the audience is always right. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So FPL stat. Thank you, Peter. FPL stat out. Long time. Uh, I don't know. What do, we, what do we call him? A, a Twitter friend, someone that we've interacted with for a long time. Just a really nice. Personal Twitter friend. <laughs> close personal Twitter friend. He's uh, just an incredibly nice personality too. He's yeah. always cordial and fun to interact with. Yeah, exactly, and, and very, and very, you know, informative. A really good, really good follow on Twitter. Um, he says there is no true science to FPL, but realizing you are mostly managing luck is the first step to respecting how much control you really have over your success, and will put you on the right track. Don't hold grudges and try to play the percentage game. Don't leave yourself too exposed by not having high ownership players, but leave a little headroom to express a differential. Damn it, even be boring if you have to. That's uh, boring in, uh, in quotations um, or inverted commas, as they say in the UK. Uh, because after all, there's nothing boring about getting a top 10K finish or winning your work, mini league, etc. Play the same game, whether you've just had a green arrow or a fat red. Amen. Amen, Stato. Uh, yeah, there's nothing boring about crushing coworkers. I also love what Stato has to say about uh, holding grudges. Don't hold grudges. That is, that often stands between many managers and the best transfer for that week. Who is I mean, your biggest? Who is your biggest grudge right now in the in the fantasy game? Who do you dislike the most? <laughs> who do I dislike the most? It's like there are players out there like Raheem Sterling that have just done me dirty by me not owning them. Sure. And then there are players um, like Hazard, who I hate because over the course of many seasons, they've they've, they've <laughs> done poorly for me. Yeah, Hazard was the one that stood out to me because I've, I've been like so burned on getting him the wrong game week uh, over the years. Uh, like when he's cold, he is the, he's so cold. Yeah. I love that. It's like an any given Sunday style speech from Stato there. Th- <laughs> thank you for contributing. Next one comes from our friend Luke Thunberg, um, uh, FPL genius on on Twitter. Check him out at FPL Thunshot. Luke also was on the pod on my uh, now legendary Wildcard Diaries uh, <laughs> uh, podcast from earlier this season, which I had a meltdown about my early wildcard. So, uh, Luke, this one's for you. Uh, Luke says. My my one piece of advice would be to not take FPL too seriously. The game doesn't take too much time to play. Spend time doing what you love, and don't let the results of one game week define your season or your happiness. Now, did did we hear from Luke after he had a particularly bad game week? 
Oh, did did Luke have a bad game week? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just hypothesizing. <laughs> like that that is the attitude that you, you. I will I will go back and reflect on this message from Luke after having a particularly <laughs> terrible game week. But um, I uh, envy him for saying that the game doesn't take too much time to play because it's amazing <laughs> how much thought I make for a game that I, in theory, can only make one transfer. Yeah, tell uh, that to the boss of every single always <laughs> cheating listener out there. Uh. Uh, thank you, Luke. Uh, Dave from Burnley, um, a, the unofficial, uh, the the Pete Best of the uh, the podcast. Uh, Dave says, "My one Pete is that right? I don't know. The Great Gazoo, maybe someone someone who appears a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who is the Great Gazoo?" Greg Kazoo is was a character who was introduced to the Flintstones like in the last season or two. That's that's an amazing poll. I like that. <laughs> uh, Dave says my one piece of advice would be to try and spot the differentials in advance of everyone else. The real fun in the game is actually watching football to try and spot a player who can advance your rank. Um, I like that. That's a little different than we've heard so far. Yes, I love this because we're all guilty of the fact that we we play FPL because we love watching football i do I, I would be interested to hear if there's anyone out there who like distinctly has always hated watching football or premier league but they just somehow enjoy they, they love games or something they just yeah. love games <laughs> it's like people who get really into like word searches or something like that yeah. but uh, yeah lest we forget it, it was it's just it's just a hell of a lot of fun to watch football and and cheer and be happy and not be sad all the time and try to like exactly and try to feel like you're you're feel like you're, you're playing up the skill part of it as much as possible by by watching the matches and you know because it is a i still it is it is fun for me i mean playing the game is fun watching the matches are fun um and even being emotional and angry about it is kind of fun in a way because you know it doesn't really matter and i had a moment on uh, on twitter on saturday where i was like Basically, I just went on some rant about Fabianski and how much he sucks and how much that team sucks. It was just like it was just I was just it was not I was not operating as the the manager of the always cheating Twitter account. It was just like me bitching right about how much how annoyed I was that I have in my squad. Uh, And I was like I was like he doesn't even get saves. Uh, and then uh, Tom Campbell on Twitter was like, you know, he's number one in saves on the league, right? And I had to like admit that he was right. But what I really wanted to say was like, can't you see, Tom? I'm just so angry. You know, <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not being rational. I'm just pissed. Yeah. The red uh, mist had descended <laughs> over our Twitter account. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, Dave, Dave uh, also had a good <laughs> amendment to this. I think later in his communication on on direct message, he said, "If you miss a penalty, you sleep with the fishes." So I think that's also <laughs> a true piece of advice. Sure, uh, sure. Tom cleverly owners out there, dump him. Um, although, hey, Mo Salah missed a penalty last week and had 15 this week. Well, okay. Touche. Touche. I, I, you saw my Tom cleverly and you raised me on Muhammad Salah. I don't know <laughs> I how you did it. I was ready. Yeah. Okay. Our next piece of wisdom comes from FPL Cat. You know her on Twitter as at Mort Cat. She's just a great friend of ours and is really generous with sharing episodes of her pod um, with her social media feed. So, Cat's advice, uh, after years of making early rash transfers and taking hits to chase points, I finally smacked myself and got things under control. Patience is the most valuable asset in the game. Wait out those periods in between game weeks and international breaks. Very appropriate, Cat. Forget about a 0.1 price rise, and above all, give your players a chance to prove themselves. You brought them in for a reason. So here is Cat, Josh, preaching patience. 
very hard for me to do. Again, very attack-minded as a manager. I, I'm not very patient. Um, I mean, Richarlison is the biggest example of this. I mean, if I had just kept him for one week longer, he would still be my squad. Um, and now, I, you know, I, I really feel like, and we might get to this later on if we even get to questions, um, about, uh, you know, about whether Richarlison is like a true, maybe the true must-own player right now in the league. Um, given his price, right? I mean, the the price is a yeah. huge factor, but he's sure. overall super cheap. value. Yeah, overall, yeah, in terms of overall value, is he a Riyad Mahrez level player? I' not willing to go that far yet, but he's he's getting there. So thank you, Cat. <laughs> uh, next one comes from Nick and Tom at uh, Who Got the Assist. Um, they're uh, w, WGTA underscore FPL on Twitter, and um, they're just uh, they've always been really nice about. Um, about our podcast and uh, they've sent us some emails that are really nice too. And um, uh, just, you know, long-time friends of the pod. Um, so Nick and Tom say, our advice would be to avoid knee jerking and taking unnecessary hits. Uh, it's nice to catch price rises, but early sideways moves rarely pay off. So just take your time, wait until after the midweek fixtures have been paid and make an informed decision later on in the week rather than a transfer out in anger. Yeah, absolutely. And also like people obsessed with team value really struggle with waiting later in the week to make that yeah. that more prudent transfer. It's really quite sage wisdom there. Yeah. Team value is like basically done, right? Like that like <laughs> in, until like they figure out the price stuff, like it doesn't exist right now. Yeah, like, the, I, the global economy is collapsing and so is the FPL economy. Just like, pay what you want. It's just moving so fast. I mean, you know, Raheem Sterling, he's up 0.6 and two weeks and then he's down 0.3 and now he's back you know it's you can't you can't like get ahead of it anymore bertrand dropped to 5.4 i mean he was he he had the lukaku syndrome over this past week he was meant to drop from 5.5 to 5.4 all week and he didn't until like immediately after the clean sheet wipeout against burnley (laughs) the rage transfers (laughs) the rage the rage price drop yeah. All right. Thanks, Nick and Tom uh, uh, from the Who Got the Assist podcast. Yeah. A couple more to uh, go here. Personal favorite of mine, Siraj Garish. Hey, Siraj. One of our earliest listeners, one of the earliest people to get a question on our podcast. Um, Finalist in the uh, in our first ever uh, head-to-head league. Yeah, last season you and Siraj were in the final, and you, you, you took Siraj out. like in, I did. In, uh, in My greatest – one of my all-time great FPL moments, to be honest, uh, given that he he triple captain Kane and Kane got a hat trick. How do you how do you beat someone like that? It's amazing. Ben Davis, that's how you do it. <laughs> ben Davis did save that week. All right, Siraj has a piece of wisdom for all of us here on our 100th birthday. He says, "Don't make transfers for the hell of it, and always try to save two free transfers if possible. Saving freeze not only gives you more flexibility with future transfers, but helps improve your overall rank. Because if two teams have the same points total, the one with fewer total transfers will be ranked higher. And given the, I didn't. Did you know that? I don't think I did, and I feel it, dumb is, for is, are the that. margins ever that thin?" <laughs> Well, you see it in our, 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 our like the top ten of the Hail Cheaters League sometimes, right? Well, you, you uh, understand yeah. why one person is above the other, and yeah, yeah. good on you, Suresh. Good knowledge. Um, uh, given the number of people that play FPL, Suraj uh, finishes off by saying uh, that makes significant difference. So, um, thank you for teaching me something I didn't know, Suraj. As always, uh, yeah, that's a really fun. That's like a that's like a like a little like he buried the lead there almost. You know, <laughs> it's really. Uh, 
pretty interesting stuff. Uh, Jamie Reeves at Fantasy Football Magazine, um, who has uh, been kind enough to um, – first of all, it's a, it's a great magazine, Brian. You're a subscriber. I am a subscriber. Um, I get yeah. it uh, monthly here in my Brooklyn apartment. It ships worldwide. It's a, a great, fun read. I know a lot of our uh, listeners also subscribe and a lot of people who have actually, you know, a lot of people we interact with on Twitter have actually written for the magazine as well. So, yeah. And uh, hey, we can, we can quickly plug our Patreon page, patreon.com slash always cheating. If you support the podcast, you actually get a 10% discount to Jamie's mag. So um, uh, another reason to support our pod. Yep. And Jamie Reeves says, my piece of advice would be to always remember it's a season long game. Calculate the potential and success of a transfer based on a sample range of at least four matches. That's not to say you shouldn't treat yourself to a knee-jerk or a point hit every once in a while. <laughs> I love that sentiment that a point hit is sort of treating yourself. It's a special kind little feels like, cherry on top. It feels that way because you secretly know you shouldn't be doing it. You know it's probably not going to work out. All right, let me ask you this, Brandon. Over the, over the many, many seasons, I have taken point hits. Oh, I've done it probably at least, you know, 40 to 50 times, right? Yeah. You know, over, over, over the, you know, six seasons or however long I've been playing. Um, I would say of those 60 times, I have been like, yeah, that was a, let's, let's exclude double game weeks, right? Which are kind of a weird, you know, in, in their own category. Outlier. Outlier. Uh, I would say maybe 20% of the time I have like in a non, non double gaming situation, have I made the, the hit mm-hmm. and then thought, yeah, that really worked out well. That was a good <laughs> hit. That was, that yeah. was really worth it. Sure. I'd say uh, maybe like right in the middle, like 60% of the time I'm like, well, that was kind of neutral, you know, like maybe yep. I lost a point that I would have gained. Yep. Um, maybe that, maybe that range is even smaller. Let's say like that's 40%. Then the other 40% of the time, like should not have burned for that did not work out. That was a, that was a huge blunder. I'll put it this way, and I, I think Jamie Jamie ultimately put it perfectly, but imagine for for a moment that you're at the mall with a young eight-year-old Brandon and his mother, and, and Brandon says, I really want this. And my mom turns to me and says, well, wait till it goes on sale. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the transfer policy. Don't burn oh, four, I, I, wait till I, I, it goes on sale. I thought it was going to be about the little German boy coins. Oh, yeah, that will save that. Save my <laughs> uh, um, centennial quarter story for another podcast. All right, all right. All right, finally, uh, the last celebratory uh, piece of advice for us here on our 100th episode of Always Cheating comes from Uppercut Panda, just one of our old pals, one of our old pals. We, we really love him. He actually gave himself his own name for the podcast. Upper That's right. <laughs> we, if you want your we, own name, you can give it to yourself. Yeah, we had a shorting feature where we told anybody who was listening that, that we would give them a nickname that we would use every time they were on the podcast. It's like two and a half years ago. <laughs> he was the only person to actually respond, and so we, <laughs> we've been keeping it going in a sense. <laughs> all right, so Uppercut Panda has this sage piece of advice for all of you FPL managers out there. Always have respect for the game. This game is not easy at all. And I love this. I love that all the players in the World Cup will have the word respect somewhere on their shirt sleeve. And sure. they have it there because they respect the FPL game, just like Uppercut <laughs> Panda. That's true. I Yeah, nothing else I can say. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, I hope this was informative to people listening. And uh, maybe we'll try to, like, you know, copy this and paste it up on Twitter or something like that. You know, like, we'll try to... We'll share it out so then in case you want to take a look at the advice in writing because I think it's a really good and useful stuff. And I think even just reading through this and talking about it, I, I feel like it's, it's helped me to refine my own decision making a little bit. 
Absolutely. Thanks, thanks to all of our friends and to all of our listeners for helping us celebrate the big one zero zero. I'm sure that's something people say. I think it is. Let's take a break. Same old podcast, always shame. Brandon, we're back. And before we get into the lightning round, we've got a lot of questions about Sala and company. Uh, we have a, a special message that we'd like to share. Uh, actually, it's sort of t- a two-part special message. Part one is that we have a winner in the Starting Eleven Beat the Cheaters contest. That winner is John Torstensen. John, Ooh, congratulations. John. 204.8. He destroyed Brandon when they played. Absolutely annihilated him. Um, it was kind of embarrassing, actually. Yeah, uh, it, was, it, was, it was humiliating for sure. So we, we ran a contest that was over the last three game weeks. Uh, you could challenge us any week, and the highest total, the highest score just for that one particular match uh, over over those three game weeks uh, was the, was the winner of the contest. I, I made it sound very complicated. It wasn't that complicated. Uh, but uh, I played people this weekend. I played Roger Kendrick. I played Sigurd Eskelin. I played Trevor Ingerson. And um, I played a lot of people with, with Nordic names this weekend. Um, and, uh, in the end it was John Torstensen who, who, who was victorious. Um, and so John, you get to name one of our teams. Uh, now obviously you play Brandon. If that means you want to, you want to rename his team, that's uh, fine. Uh, John, uh, can John and I are friends. <laughs> that's up to you. <laughs> uh, that's going to stick through Christmas. So any name you pick and then we'll, we'll, we'll do it. I think we'll do it again on the 1st of January. We'll run it for a few more weeks. Yeah. Uh, and this is all for starting 11, uh, starting 11. That's, that's the numbers one, one dot IO. It's a daily fantasy. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You can challenge your friends and it's a nice way to break, break up the, uh, the FPL game format. It's, uh, um, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of, you know, sort of in-depth statistics that just don't get, um, that don't get highlighted in the fantasy game. That this, this app actually does feature. And so it's a chance to really be a little more thoughtful when you put, put together your team. Uh, you're also allowed in-game substitutions. So if you have a player or even a captain for that matter who gets subbed off, uh, you can actually sub them off or you can sub on another player, uh, from that match into the game. Um, and you can play any day that there are two or more matches, uh, and there's no budget and, uh, it's just a lot of fun. And, uh, I know from our conversation with them, there's a lot of really cool changes on the way as well. So, uh, starting 11.io, or you can download the app, on the iTunes store or the Android store and uh, check it out. And Brendan, am I missing anything? Uh, just the fact that starting 11 is beautiful to look at. It's one of yes. the uh, most lovely soccer apps that I have on my phone. So, yeah, so I I, check it out just for that reason alone. And I also just want to say, John, be nice. <laughs> be kind, be, be kind, be, John. Be kind, John, <laughs> in your yeah. in your team name selection. But yeah, yeah, DM us uh, uh, with your with your thoughts on on that, John. But congratulations and thanks to Starting Eleven. Yeah, I agreed. And, and even though we don't have a, a contest running the next couple of weeks, we're actually running head to heads. Uh, every single weekend uh, throughout the season, uh, all you have to do is, is challenge us by uh, by emailing us or finding us on Twitter or Facebook and, and sending us a message, and we'll get you all set up and ready to go. Okay, Josh, I feel like we, even though we're we're in like full-blown like birthday party mode in this podcast, I think we have to do a quick debrief on like talking points from Game Week 11. So we set up a special uh, lightning round here heading into the international break. And we broke out a bunch of listener questions into three main positions on the field. Of course, last episode, we talked about goalkeepers. 
So I don't think we need to talk about GKs for the rest of the season, right? Uh, no, I think that's that's done. That's, All right, that's so we're, we're just going to jump from defense <laughs> to midfield to strikers, uh, lightning round style, starting off with Jamie Umbach. He has a question regarding Chelsea. I don't know what you thought about Chelsea's defensive performance today against Manchester United, Josh, but... Uh, well, yeah, Conte was back. You know, I think that... Yeah, that and Jamie, Jamie says as much. He says, how much better do we feel about Chelsea defense with the return of N'Golo Conte? Are Jones and Man United still the best options? So, of course, we keep preaching that Manchester United is, has the one sort of must-have defense in the game. But judging by how Chelsea looked... Uh, playing at home against Manchester United with Conte back in the the lineup, the defense was quite convincing. Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was a Jose Mourinho road team, so they certainly weren't planning to score more than one goal in the match. Um, I, I don't know, I, you know, I I don't think they're I think they're perfectly acceptable. I still don't think um, I would spend seven million on uh, Marcus Alonso. Um, Aspilicueta, just given the way he links up the Murata, does seem like a great option. But five assists to Murata yeah. from Aspilicueta. That's an, all right. How about this? Would you, would you rather have uh, Antonio Valencia or um, Aspilicueta? I that's a assuming I don't have a defender from like I don't have a United goalkeeper. Sure. Right, you're on a wild card or something. I feel like that is. I feel it's a like, tough question. I feel like it is a tough question. I kind of, as Dave seems like more fun. Aspilicueta actually, frankly, seems hmm. like he'll score as many points at the end of the season as Valencia, and it'll probably be more fun to watch. I would go with with Valencia. Uh, I, I first of all, I, tr- I just trust the defense more. So I think you're going to get more easy points from clean sheets. Uh, but also, if Mourinho continues to play three at the back, uh, which he's kind of. I don't know. Has he done it really? He did it last week, and then he did it this week for the first like sixty minutes, and then he subbed off Jones. Uh, I don't know if that's going to keep happening, but in that in that three at the back formation, uh, Valencia looks really good. And yeah, he is. Um, he's got a little more freedom. Such a great crosser the ball, and he's you know he he was a wing back in the day. I mean, you know when when you and I were were first playing fantasy, sure. he was he was a midfield option. Like when we were playing with him in in, in Ecuador. <laughs> exactly. We played Ecuadorian Premier League. We didn't want to jump right into the English game. We wanted to. We wanted to start smaller. <laughs> We're like Batman, just traveling the world, learning our learning our trade. All right. Let's remember this is the lightning round. That we got. We got to move. Oh, okay. So speaking of Phil Jones, uh, M Bison twenty two writes in: As the fixtures begin to get congested, will Phil Jones play three Premier League games in one week? So we're starting to get the rotation jitters here with Manchester United for. Pretty much the first time this season. You commented, of course, that Jones got subbed off when Mourinho changed up the system midway through that Chelsea game. How are you feeling as a Jones owner about his spot? Is he that less likely than any other player to not play three Premier League matches in a week? I mean, not many people will, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the only so- the only concern is that Jones is is very injury prone, and that more games is just more opportunity for him to fall down and not get up again. Yeah. I mean, having Gabriel Jesus when they're playing three Premier League games in a week is going to suck as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I actually might just, well, this is a topic for another podcast because we, we could go deep on this, but, um, you know, having Man City players over the holiday fixtures is not going to be a lot of fun, no. right? Like it's going <laughs> to, it's going to be a nightmare. Just, yeah. It is. I feel like I've like, I have not been on the right side of the Man City lottery so far. 
Um, I mean, I can't believe that Sané just has not gotten any rest. Yeah. Um, speaking of Man City, Josh, next defensive question is about Odomende. On the rise, tweet, tweeted at us, time to drop Odomende for Smalling or Bailly. So Odomende, one of the first players of note, no disrespect to Pablo Zabaleta, to be serving a ban for yellow card accumulation. Is this a reason alone to drop Odomende, or would you say just keep keep Odomende? I think Odomende for Bayi is an awesome move, especially given uh, the fixtures coming up for Man United. I wouldn't bring in Smalling because I think he's a rotation risk, but Bayi, as long as he's healthy, is going to start like almost every game. Uh, he's like a total rock back there. Um, so that's, that's what I would do. And like the, the Man City defense is just not that, uh, impressive, right? I mean, yeah, I, they weren't I, the start of the season, but I it just, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. I picked up, uh, John Stones like five weeks ago and it's just been a, a hair pulling sort of situation. Hasn't come through. I mean, much is made about, well, City has all this possession and, and they're just crushing teams. The clean sheets will come. Well, they, they do not appear to be coming. Yeah, they did at the start of the season, and then it was like they they came, and then we all jumped on, and then they they went away. Yeah, you know, so maybe they'll come back. Uh, so, but that's that's a question for another day, Brandon. Dave from Burnley, uh, the one and only, says the that's question over his lips. Yeah, <laughs> should we start a Burnley defender every game? Uh, I'm going to go with yes for now. Absolutely, uh, bringing back Ben Me into my squad. He'd been gone too long. It feels yeah. good and. They've already played away to City, right? Like they've they actually pl- they've played away to Chelsea. Yeah. Like th- some of their most difficult matches are already in the rearview mirror. So, uh, you know, maybe away to Arsenal. You know, there's like a few times when when you wouldn't. But right now, I play them in every home match, no matter who they were playing. Well, what do you make um, what do you make of this uh, talk that Sean Dyche might be um, looking to take the Everton job? I think he probably wants to take it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess. Uh, Seems like a good hire, right? I mean, but what? Okay, so yeah, I mean, Sean Dyche has proven himself to be a great manager. Do you see that having negative a negative impact on the Burnley squad going forward if they have to make make their way with a new manager? Yes, it probably would. But you know, let's 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 cross that bridge. Fair enough. When we're not in the lightning round. (laughs) Um, All right, uh, promoted sides, real quick. Let's just do a, a debrief. You you asked a very provocative question to me last night, Josh. As we were watching Riot and Cell Block ninety nine, yeah, what a crazy movie that was! <laughs> um, what I mean, basically, are all the promoted teams going to stay up this season? It was it was hard to particularly this weekend pick out a weak promoted side. I mean, Newcastle didn't get a result, but they still look uh, really talented, and they have what it takes to to get to you know thirty five to forty points. Yeah, I guess Brighton would be the one that would be the concern. I know they've they've actually been on a little bit of a roll right now, but you could see them going through some stretch in the winter where they just don't score for five or six matches in a row, right? And they just don't pick up any points. Yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of all it takes to kind of get down in those final three spots. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Huddersfield it just seems like they've got that kind of Bournemouth style, like yeah. – all for one mentality. I mean, I think what's going to happen is they'll they'll stay around this year. Uh, Dave, David Wagner will go coach somewhere else. Like he'll go to Schalke or something, <laughs> and uh, and then they'll drop next year. Yeah, right? that, that's plausible. Evan Estes wrote in and say, "Why did I play Schindler? Why do I even have him?" I mean, that 
I know why, because Huddersfield actually ended up with a clean sheet. So don't beat yourself up about that, Evan. That was just bad luck. But then on on to Newcastle, Rachel tweeted in at us saying, uh, first of all, congrats on 100 Eps. Thanks, Rachel. Um, But uh, Elliot, so Lascellas has picked up some sort of injury. There's no telling how long Lascellas is going to be, Lascelles is going to be out for. Are you having any any concerns about uh, Rob Elliott or or the Newcastle defense these days? Well, not not really. Because you think about them at all? No, I mean I don't really. You know, I'm not like what a what a heartbreaker that. I'm glad that I captained Fabian or that I that I played Fabianski over Elliott. Only actually, no, I guess Elliott. You at least you got one more point. I would take one more point. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've got two really bad keepers right now, and <laughs> I would actually love to bring in De Gea and just double up in my defense. Yeah. So that's, I mean, Pope is the cheap option. The one thing I will say about Pope is, do we? Does anyone out there know when he's actually going to come back? Um, when Heaton's going to come back? Because yeah, the on uh, Premier Injuries, which is uh, Lord Dinnery's website, it's mm-hmm. it's uncertain. Return date is unknown. So it's sort of whatever you want. It's not going to be any time. <laughs> well, thank soon. you for that. Okay, yeah, yeah. The so it could be. Is you, you've probably got at least a couple months with Nick right. left. So because the problem is, it's it's kind of hard to make a defender, a goalkeeper transfer. You know, like it's hard to burn yeah. a transfer and a keeper. But then I don't. I really what I really don't want to do is burn a transfer and a keeper that I then have to yeah. burn a second transfer on. Um, because you know now, like without the, I mean the way that the second wild card typically works is you're not burning that until. You know, closer to those double game weeks, and so I may not play my wild card until game week thirty-two or thirty-three, right? So if I bring in Pope, I might just have to play Elliot and Pope in rotation for, you know, and then and then it just becomes Elliot by himself every single game week, which is well, not that's, anything. That's I want not to do. a world I want to live in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love football too. Tweets uh, asking for thoughts on Bournemouth. They have great fixtures coming up. See, so looking at Bournemouth's fixtures: Hutterfield, Swansea, Burnley, Southampton, Palace. And three of those are at home in the next five weeks. Uh, any, any? I mean, I'm even though they got sure. a result, they're looking up. They got a clean sheet. I'm, I'm not bowled over by Bournemouth still. Well, to be honest, that's that's an option that I'm looking at as a replacement for um, for Ben Davies uh, for Ben Davis. Okay. Um, I mean, Ben Davis and Charlie Daniels, let's say, uh, would save me 0.9 million. Um, and if I brought him in before game week 12, then, yeah, I mean, I've got Huddersfield, Swansea, Burnley, and Southampton in the next four. Um, and this is a guy who, you know, is on free kicks, uh, pretty dangerous the ball. Because they were so bad for so long, his price has actually fallen from $5 million to four point eight. So you're getting him for a really good price. Um, you know, he only has one goal and one assist on the season so far. And, and what a goal that, that goal was, <laughs> game week three. Uh, so I think that... Um, yeah, I think that Daniels is uh, – Ake is someone I like just because I, I – I, with Ake, I think I just like him more as a player than a fantasy player. Like, you'd, I just like, like watching him play. like to have a beer with Nathan Ake. I, I get it. Yeah, exactly. I would. I would. <laughs> and a beer summit with Nathan Ake. All right, let's jump to midfielders here. Um, before we get to Mo Salah, which will be the bulk of this this midfield lightning round, just a general comment from FPL Rich. says, hi, chats. First there were the expensive wingbacks, then the power fund three – Fair to say we've now reached, quote, peak midfield, and most of our money should be there. So uh, it is, it's, it's been a big week for midfielders in game week 11. It's true. 
I'm also just realizing we should have reached out to Richard Orford for a bit of advice as well. So sorry, Rich. You know, you, he actually was on our podcast, uh, Patreon podcast, uh, a few months ago, and um, that's just an error on our part. So sorry, Rich. <laughs> um, you know, the thing is, I don't know that you need to spend too much money there because I think that you can still bring in. You know, you got to gamble with one Man City midfielder, and they're still not that expensive. Um, I think you'd want to have for Charleston right now. So between them, between you know those two, that's only like fifteen million. Uh, if you add in Salah, you're still only looking at you know, twenty four million, maybe twenty four point five million. Um, and so that's that leaves you plenty of money to to put it elsewhere. So um, I do think that you know being thoughtful about the midfield is definitely like where I, I feel like all of our like all of our kind of fantasy brains are on the midfield right now, but I don't think that um, you can build a, I think you can build, build a midfield and still have like a power front three, for example. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Joe guy on Twitter kind of was um, leaning toward the, uh, the one premium striker up front option. But I, I agree with you, Josh, kind of warning away from that. There are plenty of ways to at least get two two strikers you're happy with. Yeah. Uh, Question about Salah, uh, Louis and uh, Sadat both asked about um, uh, is it Mane or Salah, and then is Salah fixture proof uh, an absolute necessity? Um, I'll take the well. I'll answer the second one, and then I think that'll answer the first part too, which is I actually think he is fixture proof, uh, and I think he is borderline essential. And the question I raised on Twitter yesterday was, is this guy about to have an Alexis Sanchez type season? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think that our perspective on him is a little bit skewed because, you know, he joined, he, you know, so he joined Liverpool over the summer. He was kind of inserted slowly over the opening weeks. Um, they had, um, a Champions League qualifier they had to play. And so there's the midway fixtures. So he has this, this, these two games where he has, he plays 29 minutes and 45 minutes, doesn't get any, any goals or assists, but otherwise we're looking at seven goals and three assists through the first 11 games of the season. Um, I mean, that extrapolates to, you know, a 20-goal, 10-assist player this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, do you – how do you feel about Salabran? Are you thinking about bringing him in? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely thinking about him uh, bringing him in, uh, you know, quickly because I – Dreaming about I, him? A dream. Dream about Sala, uh, Sala days. Um, what can I <laughs> – Yeah, well, went into a reverie there for a second. <laughs> No, I, I think if you watch Sala play and you don't own him, you tend to like zero in on the mistakes that he's making and justifying like why that's why you don't own him. But the fact is, like all the the sitters that he's missing or, or, or flubbed passes in the box, the fact that he's doing that plus walking away um, from game week eleven was still with seven goals and three assists under his belt. There will be more game weeks in the future where everything clicks for Salah, and he's scoring hat tricks. I I totally agree. And twenty goals for Salah at the end of the season, um, I don't think it seems conservative, but I think it seems probable. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, so what's thirty eight games? There's what twenty there's twenty seven matches left. He would have to score thirteen goals in twenty seven. So it, basically, every other game he'd have to score a goal. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, he's, he's above that rate right now. And I mean, given how attack minded he is, um, given that Sal is now back uh, or that Mane is now back, um, I think uh, I think it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. I mean, the question for people that don't have Salah is who to get rid of. So if I look at De Bruyne and Ericsson, 
on on current evidence, Salah looks like he'll outperform both of those guys pretty consistently. But, you know, uh, as a true emotional manager, I've developed attachments to these players. And I, and, and also, like, to pick, I just have this terrible feeling that I'm going to pick the wrong one to get rid of, and I'm just going to hate myself. <laughs> um, yeah, you've, I, I, you've come back so much the last few weeks, and I, your squad, it feels like you have all these problems there, but it's really, it's worked out so far, so. Sure, it's just like our, uh, Kat Mortensen uh, uh, urging patience. That's true. That's true. Very well well played. Yeah, uh, Chris, Chris Gelke on Twitter says he's finally pulling the trigger on his wild card over the international break. Ask who our must-haves are at this point in the season. So, I mean, Salah, I think it would be the first one that both of us would put on that list. Yeah, Richarlison would be up there. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe, maybe some, one Man United defender, depending okay. on whether you want it. This 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 actually leads us not nicely into we just have a few questions about forwards. Harry Kane, uh, Harry Kane must have. <sighs> a lot of air coming out of that balloon. I don't know. You know, I mean, we talked two weeks ago on the podcast, and I said. What we should never do anymore is Captain Kane at home against a a team that isn't going to try to win the match, right? Like, or that's. I mean, this actually. I, I want, Crystal Palace tried to score. They should have scored, in fact. And so I, you know, just because just because Spurs didn't score a lot in this game, it wasn't like Palace just totally parked the bus. I mean, yeah, sure they were a little defensive, I guess, yeah. but I mean they had plenty of chances in that game. Like they had a game plan that was that that could have netted them. At worst, a draw and possibly a win, right? Yeah. I mean, if if Scott Dan scores in the header, uh, if Wilfred Zaha um, doesn't scores blow an open net, he, yeah, it doesn't blow an open net. I mean, you know, they they at least should have scored a goal, and um, yeah. So I think, oh, what was my point? I like got totally sidetracked. Oh, we were, oh so Kane, yeah, right? So yeah, so so Kane. I mean, it's a lot of blanks for the most expensive player in the game, but. I'm still leaning towards borderline must have just because, you know, the, the, when he scores, it's like he, he only gets two, right? <laughs> like, in fact, so let's see, one, two, three, four. So Kane has scored eight goals this season. He has, he, he has seven matches where he has not scored a single goal, and he has four matches where he scored braces. And he does not have a single match where he's only scored one goal. So it's 13, 13, 13, 16, surrounded by 2, 0, yeah. 2, 2, 1, 1. <laughs> How do you even – have you ever seen this? Yeah. I mean, it is the weirdest return. Yeah, Joe, Joe Pilgrim on Twitter says uh, – first says, congrats, guys. And then he asks, does Kane have to return every week to be worth the cost? So it's just what you're saying, Josh. Like, he's 12.7 or 8 or however much he costs now. And on those weeks where he's hitting, you know, between 10 and 15 or, or higher, suddenly it's the bandwagon. And then – I just can't do this week in, week out with Kane where it's people so are just weird. freaking out about him. It's I'm not sure if this season will be remembered more for Man City rotation freakouts or Harry Kane freakouts. Yeah, I have an interesting decision coming up in game week 13 where Kane plays West Brom at home. Uh, in that same week, Lukaku plays Brighton at home. Yeah. And who do you who do you prefer in that game or in that match? You know, like. I mean, okay, Lukaku's out of form right now, so maybe Kane is the pick. But I mean, it can't keep happening, right? He can't keep playing bad teams and 
and not scoring at home. It just seems, given that he's, given that his stats are good, it just seems like this fluke, this like crazy fluke that's just going to right itself eventually. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we take into account the midweek f- fixture against Real Madrid that had just so much intensity around it. Yes, and yes. I think there are some extenuating. He's injured, right? Yeah, I mean, he's still kind of back yeah. from injury. And fact of the matter is, Wembley is what it is. We established that earlier in the season. It just doesn't get fixed overnight. I mean, the probability of Kane scoring at Wembley is is like slowly getting better. We yeah. haven't solved that problem yet. Final question. Ian Davis says, are the city players part of an elaborate job-sharing scheme where they alternate start, where they start alternate games? Uh, if so, should we stick with the mids? I, lo- I love the idea that Man City is like crowdsourcing their, um, their attacking output. <laughs> I wish they were the same price, and then you could just like swap them back and forth. Yeah. You know? I know but even then, it's, it's hard to know because, you know, Guerrero started at midweek, and so... I. I really was I was very surprised that Jesus didn't start this weekend. I really thought he would get to start, even though he looked bad away to West Brom. The issue that I'm now having with Jesus is it looks like Pep is pretty wedded to the um, one-striker system at the moment. And yeah. if Aguero is the favorite, Jesus is going to see some pretty limited minutes based on that. I mean, Aguero's not going to start every game. Yeah. I think Jesus has to go for me. I, I, I just, you know, I mean, I... He's kind of a he's a he's a squad player. I, I don't know that he's you know he's almost eleven million, right? I mean, he's really expensive for a player who's only going to be starting like half the matches. Yep. And you know, I mean, he's not going to get an offside goal every week. Yeah, I mean, I I think just going with the mids is probably the safest route and the and and ultimately the most effective. I mean, Aguero is would you classify him the same way as as Jesus? A little less so. I think he's a little more uh, reliable. I think Pep seems to trust him a little bit more. Um, I just think if if they're not going to play, if, you know, like super reliably, I'd rather they be eight million or eight point two or whatever Sterling is right now, instead of ten point six. It just, you know, I mean, it's just it's just that that I'd rather have that extra money for a more reliable player. Yeah. All right, so that's it, Josh. We're not going to do a game week preview because it's the international break, but we're going to come back next week and do a proper game week 12 preview, answer more of your questions. We actually got a, a great tweet from FPL Ginger who says, I know there are no games next weekend, but bring back the optimizer. So that's one for all you real always cheating heads out there. So maybe we can, just, we can optimize next week. Let's do it. Uh, you can always find the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, email us at uh, uh, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Uh, visit the website alwayscheating.com. Uh, support the podcast on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, and I'll update uh, this week with uh, with some, some some news and information. We're, uh, we're, we're planning on rolling out a couple new features for our Patreon supporters. Um, and, uh, yeah, if, by the way, if you like this episode, um, you know, this is like a little more, um, general interest maybe just cause we were talking about FPL strategy. So, uh, if you like it, please, uh, you know, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook. Um, you know, even just send us a comment on Reddit. It just, it's nice to hear what people think about the podcast. Um, and you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, Google play, tune in, and basically wherever you get your podcasts. Josh, it's been a great 100 episodes. Let's do it again. Let's do 100 more, exactly 100 more, and then we stop. All right, and thanks to all our listeners, of course. Uh, we'll we'll yeah, see you next exactly. week. Thank Hail you Poku.
Yes. Uh, free and Bacani, finally. R.I.P. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.